to the Holistic Nutritionist Podcast. My name is Natalie Douglas and I am your host, your solo host today for a delightful Q&A episode. I love myself a good Q&A episode. I like it for a lot of different reasons. One is that it makes me feel incredibly happy knowing that I'm actually answering the questions that you've asked instead of just making assumptions that what I'm talking about is what you want to hear about. Um, And the other reason I like it is because it allows us to get a whole bunch of variety in one episode. Um, So that is totally probably not at all relevant to your life right now. However, I just wanted to share that with you because why the heck not? So I'm actually going to dive right into some of these questions um, because I'm excited and there are a few really, really good ones that have been asked. So thank you for those of you who have submitted your questions and I have kind of lumped a few of them together because as you can imagine, many of you have the same or similar questions. Okay. Okay. Question numero uno is about the role of your thyroid in preconception in infertility um, and a little bit further on that in terms of, you know, what do I recommend when it comes to kind of how far out from actively trying to conceive do I recommend that you actually sort your thyroid issues out or at least get checked for them. So something that I find really interesting and equally frustrating is that your it's actually not currently standard practice to assess all women's thyroids comprehensively in preconception. And in my opinion, All females wanting to get pregnant should absolutely have a full thyroid panel done plus your iodine levels checked as well. So the reason this is is because pregnancy is essentially being touted as the ultimate stress test for the thyroid, which sounds a little bit scary if you ask me. So I'm not a huge fan of continuing to perpetuate that message, but sometimes I feel like it's really necessary to use in order to get you understanding just how important it is. And the reason that that is, is because even small elevations in TSH and or thyroid antibodies can quite significantly increase your risk of miscarriage. And because during pregnancy, you need adequate amounts of thyroid hormones and also the resources to create those thyroid hormones like iodine, zinc, selenium, iron, etc. for not just you, but for your baby as well. And a lot of that thyroid hormone and also iodine levels um, optimized is important before many women even realize they are pregnant in those first couple of weeks of pregnancy. So it's kind of like you want to know far in advance as opposed to being like, oh shit, I'm pregnant, now I better test my thyroid. I mean, if that happens, that's fine. That's still a good idea to test your thyroid um, if you haven't. However, I am a big, big fan of actually optimizing your thyroid health and your nutrients that are associated with supporting your thyroid before actually falling pregnant or even before actively trying to conceive because it means that your thyroid is so much more 
able and um, supported to make that adjustment when the body is needing you to essentially not just supply your own thyroid hormones, but also supply the thyroid hormones for your little bubba, your little human to grow. I also just find it so fascinating that does anyone just stop and think that we can literally grow a human? I just think that's absolutely, it just blows my mind. Anyway, I digress. So what I would encourage you to do is that if you are planning on becoming pregnant or planning on planning to try to become pregnant, I would say a minimum of around four months prior to actively trying to conceive, please, please, please get your thyroid tested properly um, and your iodine. So as a bare minimum, I would say a TSH, a free T4, a free T3, thyroid antibodies, and a random urinary iodine with urinary creatinine. It also wouldn't go astray to test your iron levels because they are incredibly important, as well as your zinc levels and perhaps your selenium levels if you can add those on too because they are many of the nutrients that have a significant impact on your ability to create your own thyroid hormones and for those thyroid hormones to get to where they need to be. So, That is question one answered. Question two is, and I love this question, is what's the link between your thyroid and your adrenals? Because a lot of people are like, do I have thyroid issues or do I have quote unquote adrenal fatigue or am I just burnt out? And I think this is really a really relevant conversation because we are living in a time where busyness is glorified where stress is normalized and where we get the two incredibly confused. I was having this conversation with um, a client and another um, practitioner on my team the other day around a lot of people saying, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really busy, but I'm not stressed. And the thing is that you're, when you're like busyness is still stress. You're still asking yourself and your system, your nervous system, um, your physical system, your you know your brain, etc., to do a lot more than probably what is optimal and normal for your physiology and your biology, right? And while you might not perceive it on a mental level of like level as stress because it's probably normal to you or familiar it doesn't mean that your body's not perceiving that as a stressor. So for those of you who are like, nah, I'm not stressed, I'm just really busy, this is speaking to you. However, it is also absolutely relevant for those of you who are very aware that you're stressed or that you're overworked or you're run down. So I think that um, where I'd like to start with this question or the answer to this question is to just acknowledge that we often associate our adrenals um, just with things like adrenaline or our fight or flight response. And the reality is that your adrenals also produce other hormones that influence your thyroid, your blood sugar, your immune system, your electrolyte balance, digestion, sex hormones, and blood pressure as well, to name a few little bit important, you know? 
And when you get stressed, and again, emotional, mental, physical, quote-unquote, busyness, um, your brain tells your adrenal glands to produce stress hormones. And one of those being cortisol, which uh, many of you will be familiar with. However, this then has a flow-on effect and your body gets kind of put into this mode of prioritizing survival. So things that aren't paramount to that, like digesting, like producing your sex hormones to create another mini human, like looking after your immune system or nourishing your thyroid, all kind of get put on halt and it's all systems go to get you away from the stressor. Another thing to be aware of um, is that your thyroid dictates your metabolism, right? Which is essentially how much fuel we are burning through to keep our system running. And if you think about it logically, if survival was the goal, which it is, um, at least as far as our physiology and biology go, would it make sense for your metabolism to be high or fast and just burn through all of the resources or fuel it had? Or would it make more sense from a survival perspective for your system to be as efficient as humanly possible and to try and slow down your metabolism as much as possible to get into a position where you like to, sorry, to avoid getting into a position where you run out of fuel or, um, you know, you don't have enough resources to keep going. So hopefully your logical mind was like, mm, yeah, it makes more sense to be efficient with my fuel and try and use up every last bit of it instead of just kind of burning through it and, you know, YOLO and wasting it. Um, it picture like, you know, like dollar bills flying everywhere, like not like that, right? We really want to be counting our money and preserving it and not just like throwing it away and uh, money being your thyroid hormones in case no one caught that. And so this is what happens in the body and when the body feels it's under threat, it's far more likely to then reduce your thyroid hormone production or activation to try and conserve your resources, which for you might look like unintentional weight gain. It might look like inability to lose weight despite your best efforts. It might look like low energy. It might look like a low mood. It might look like heavy or painful periods or irregular periods. It might look like brain fog, memory loss. Um, you know, these are the kind of symptoms of not having enough thyroid hormones uh, either in your body or getting into your cells. Another layer to this that um, when or another layer to this generally, is that when you're in a stress state, that being acute stress or chronic stress, and I'd say the latter is far more common, you also release inflammatory cells called cytokines. And the cytokines can make the doorways on your cells that let thyroid hormones in become a bit kind of like deaf and they don't open up as they should when we're knocking on the door which means that you don't get the benefit of having enough thyroid hormones in the right place so while your levels may look normal on a blood test they aren't going to get to where they need to be so i rarely like to kind of come full circle around is it adrenal fatigue is it a thyroid issue i actually don't really think that one occurs without the other um, 
because they're so intertwined and they're so related. And the good news is, is that a lot of the strategies to heal both of them overlap considerably. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm not talking about extreme adrenal issues where we're on um, a very far side of either of the spectrum. So things like Addison's or um, Cushing syndrome, which is a different story in itself, but not many people are in that boat. When we're generally talking about or when people are generally talking about adrenal fatigue or burnout, we're talking about that middle ground, which is exactly where there is a real overlap in thyroid and adrenal issues and it's about treating the whole system, the whole kind of brain to nervous system to thyroid to hormonal system. It's all just intertwined. Okay, so next question is, is it my thyroid or am I just a tired new mum? And I this one really Oh, really gets me because I get very um, passionate about encouraging women to trust their gut and to really tune into how you're feeling instead of playing the, oh, I just, I'm just going to soldier on or, you know, nah, this is probably just normal and I don't want to say anything because it'll seem like I can't handle it. So the first thing I want to say is it's so common for women to feel like this, to feel confused about whether or not they have a thyroid issue or whether or not they're just feeling, you know, the the tiredness of being a new mom and sleep deprivation and hormonal shifts. And my encouragement to you is if something feels off, please A, listen to your gut and B, get your thyroid tested. It's not uncommon for thyroid issues to be triggered post-pregnancy. And I actually think that everyone should get their thyroid checked post-pregnancy, especially those of you who really just like are not feeling like yourself. And there's something in you that's like, no, I feel like this could be something more because there is nothing wrong with checking that and being sure. And also know that it's also okay to retest. If you test once and they're like, yep, everything looks fine. And you're like, okay, no problem. And you go about your, you know, your life for the next month or two months. And you're like, you know what? I really still feel like something is off. Go back and get retested. Um, and if you don't feel like how you feel is being heard, please go and get a second opinion because it's so important that how you feel has equal weight, if not more, to your blood test and the numbers on a page because both are exceptional uh, bits of information as a practitioner. The other thing that I always try and encourage my new mum clients and people who are new mums that are going through the thyroid rescue program is that If you have been taking a pregnancy prenatal that's been prescribed to you um, or maybe you're taking some additional magnesium, please don't just stop because you've given birth. Like there's still extra demands on your body. You've still gone through a process of just handing that bubba all of your nutrients and very likely, you know, you need to restore those. So make sure that 
you know, of course, under the guidance of a practitioner, but don't just stop taking your supplements if that's something that you've been doing and been recommended. Um, unless, of course, someone is telling you that knows what they're talking about is saying, don't do that. It's not the right thing for you anymore. But I think postnatal support is so, so important. It's equally important as you know, the preconception journey, um, the journey of actually being pregnant. It just, it should be really, really focused on as well. So don't forget yourself in that aspect. Okay. Final question is not related to pregnancy. It is, is it true that you need to go gluten-free if you have thyroid issues? Okay. Controversial, isn't it? So let's start with celiac disease, which for those of you who don't know, is an autoimmune reaction to eating gluten. The connection between celiac disease and Hashimoto's is established. However, what I think, and therefore, yes, you you should um, avoid gluten if you have celiac disease um, or if you have Hashimoto's, I would get screened for celiac disease. However, what I think is actually far more confusing, debated, um, a bit of a mind fuck for lack of a better term is really about those of you that don't have celiac disease who have thyroid issues and you're like, do I have my sourdough? Can I eat my oats? What's the deal? Should I be avoiding it? Um, help a sister out. So the truth is that the research on what we call non-celiac gluten sensitivity is mixed. And there are strong correlations there, but the specific part of gluten containing food that someone is reacting to hasn't been definitively found, at least at the time of recording this podcast. And I say that because the area of science, gut, immunity, all of those things is so incredibly fast evolving that um, I could absolutely be proven wrong like next week or tomorrow. So just wanted to cover my back there. And I do think there's some really interesting um, hypothesis involved, but there is no definitive answer to that in the research to date. However, however, friends, in my clinical experience, an overwhelming number of my patients with any form of autoimmune condition, gut imbalance, hormonal dysregulation, or mental health issue do far better off gluten than on it. And the best way to decide for you is to eliminate it properly and then reintroduce it and see how you feel. I know, revolutionary, right? Who would have thought we could be our own N equals one experiment? Well, you can, and there's no harm in doing that, but there is a right and a wrong way to go about it. So one thing I want to share as well is that what you need to remember is that non-celiac gluten sensitivity doesn't always doesn't I was going to say does not and then I decided to say doesn't so it can't came out very wrong does not or doesn't or doesn't um, always manifest itself in gut reactions like diarrhea bloating abdominal pain gas etc in fact for a lot of people it will come down to subtle symptoms like brain fog moodiness like kind of feeling like you've got a hangover when you don't joint pain sleep issues behavioral changes skin changes um, antibodies like thyroid antibodies that just won't budge um, and i would say those are the most common ones 
And when you are going gluten-free, which I, if you're doing this experiment, my encouragement would be to do it for a minimum of 30 to 90 days and see how you feel and then reintroduce it strategically. Um, but when you're doing that, what I was going to say is don't just replace gluten-containing foods with the processed or packaged gluten-free versions because that's just switching one problem for another one. You need to actually, you know, replace it with whole foods. So for example, if you're not having your sourdough bread at brunch, you might go for some sweet potato or some pumpkin or a piece of fruit that has more nutrient density. Or if you usually would have oats for breakfast and you're still wanting that like porridgey kind of consistency, maybe you do something like a chia pudding or maybe you do um more of like a grain-free version that's based on something like buckwheat or amaranth or millet or rice flakes that is um, not quite as nutrient-dense as something like a chia pudding or, um, you know, a, a vegetable, but it, it would still be a more nutrient-dense option than something like a cereal that's been even more processed. So just making sure that where as much as possible, where you're taking a gluten-containing food out, you're putting mostly a whole food based product in so with preference to things like fruits vegetables nuts seeds sustainably raised um uh, ethical animal protein eggs um etc as opposed to being like oh sweet found a gluten-free muffin right here i am set i don't need my sourdough that is not the way to go gluten-free um, okay, I'm going to leave it there. However, actually, I did have one other thing to share with you, which is that we are currently in the very final days of um, opening the doors to the next round of thyroid rescue. So for those of you who don't know, thyroid rescue is my 10-week online thyroid healing program that is for people who either have Hashimoto's, Gray's disease, an underactive thyroid, an overactive thyroid, or all of the symptoms of those things, like what I was talking about before, where you're fatigued, you can't lose weight, your brain foggy, your hair's falling out, dry skin, um, digestive issues like constipation, uh, issues with your period. If you're fall, falling into that cluster of symptoms, then the program is absolutely for you. It's run for 10 weeks. Um, there are two versions of the program. So you can see all of the details for that. And you can also sign up via the link in my Instagram bio. Or if you prefer not to go via Instagram, you can go straight to my website, which is nataliekdouglas.com and click on the thyroid rescue tab at the top. There are limited spaces. So we actually completely sold out of Thyroid Rescue Plus, but I've just opened up a few extra spots. So I believe at the time of recording this, there are, and releasing it, there are three spots left in Thyroid Rescue Plus. And then in Thyroid Rescue Basic, we are about 80% full as well. So the doors close for that on Sunday, March 14th, or if it's sold out prior, and we program access begins on the 15th of March, and it's going to be incredible. We've already had so many women sign up, getting excited, and I just cannot wait to begin. It's a program that I've been running for the last couple of years and we've already had over 100 women go through the process and have 
absolutely transformed their energy, their hormones, and essentially their life, which might sound like a, an overdramatic Leo thing to say. For those of you who don't know I am a Leo, don't hold it against me. Um, but it's it's true and it's so exciting to see the transformations that happen because I think for a lot of us, we don't realize how good we can feel until we actually start to make some changes. And I think we've normalized feeling less than optimal and just a bit like, eh, I can, you know, I can get by for far too long. And I think that it's so important that we honor the fact that we were born and we are here to feel the best that we possibly can because it really allows us to show up in our lives the way that we want to and show up for ourselves and others around us as well. So if you know that something is off in your body and thyroid rescue resonates with you, please don't put it off because the sooner you start making changes and progress always beats perfection, the sooner you get to live the life that you want to live in the body and the mind and the energy that you want to show up in it. So in it for, so I'm going to leave that with you. If you guys have any extra questions about thyroid health, gut health, hormone health that you'd love answered on the podcast, please feel free to flick me a message over on Instagram. I'm always collecting and collating your questions and uh, we'll do a Q&A episode um, about once a month or so from here on in as long as I've got enough questions to answer. Um, and it's a really good opportunity to make sure that what you are wanting to know about is answered. So I don't want to say the word answered anymore. So I'm going to force myself to stop recording and I look forward to hearing from many of you soon.